This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Yeah. <laughs> the Barstow Breakthrough, I like that. Brian came up with that. So, anyway, God is doing something at High Desert Word Center on Stoke Mine Road. And so that's why this morning the title of our message is Rivers in the Desert. We're going to talk about rivers in the desert this morning. If you need an outline, raise your hand. The ushers will give you one to follow along with. But I've got to show you this great verse. And a lot of you are probably familiar with it. But let's look for just a second this morning at Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. And I'm telling you, man, God's just been stirring the waters. And, and one night this past week, um, we had it on our hearts to just man, pray for the kids. Because who knows that children are real people. Sometimes we're like, well, they're short. They couldn't possibly be real. I mean, they don't, they're real. They're, they're real people. And so, uh, you know, it's just it's so funny how many times Jesus said, unless you become as a child, you can't get into the kingdom of heaven. But he never told kids, you need to be like the adults. He, never one time did Jesus tell kids to be more like adults. Yet all the time he kept talking to kids, saying, uh, saying, uh, talking to the adults, saying, unless you become as a child, you can't get into the kingdom of heaven. And so uh, this is just a, a brief testimony of mine. We were, we were praying for the kids one night. And some of you probably saw me post this. But I go outside yesterday. I'm working in my garage. And I hear my little girl, Ellie, she's five years old, and I hear her just, in the name of Jesus, I bind, and, and she's praying, I'm like, what's going on? I go out there, I should have brought the picture, but she had her hands on the neighbor girl's head, and she's binding and rebuking and, and praying in the name of I'm like, what, what are you doing? She's like, oh, Dad, she's been having bad dreams, so I'm laying hands on her to pray for no more bad dreams. I'm like, okay. So she's, Ellie's, uh, she's went in the neighborhood to Jesus, so... I'm telling you, if five-year-olds can do it, couldn't 25 and 35 and 45-year-olds do it? Amen. This is that moment that we've been waiting for, man. I've been praying for this for years, for something to break loose right here. And it's happened. So check this out. Isaiah 43:19. the Lord says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Who could use a new thing this morning? Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Who lives in the desert this morning? How many rivers have you seen just floating around here above ground lately? Above ground. I haven't seen any, but I know this much, that God promised a spiritual river that's going to break forth even in the dry places. And I'm telling you, this is talking about spiritually, but God is using our Mojave Desert right here to bring about something great. And I'm telling you this, you want to be a part of what God is doing. I am not content to sit on the sidelines and let everybody else get ministered to and get and get the blessings of God in their life. I want it for everybody here, but I want it in my life too, man. I want the reign of heaven to begin in my life right now. And so there's three things I want to tell you this morning, sort of about rivers. We're talking about, we're talking about rivers in the desert. Number one, rivers begin at a source from a higher area. 
Rivers begin at a source from a higher area. Now, this is true physically and spiritually. I looked it up on the kidsencyclopedia.com or something like that because, you know, you get, I had to adjust to my level. But I got on there, and, and, it, and it has some facts about rivers. And it said one thing that all the little boys and girls should know is that rivers begin at a source from a higher elevation or a higher area. And so I'm telling you that the river that's flowing in the desert, spiritually speaking... It didn't begin right here. It's flowing from a higher place. Do you know what that is? I'm talking about the throne of God. I'm talking about heaven, the river that Jesus promised to flow right now is from a higher place. And it's from the throne of God. And I'll show you that in a minute. But I want to show you right here a few times that Jesus himself brought up this topic of rivers. And so let's look at John chapter 4. Who's the, who wants to get in the river this morning? All right, man. I want to get in that river. Are you kidding me? I love rivers. I grew up around rivers. We had big old nasty catfish in them and all kinds of weird stuff. But I'm telling you, rivers are awesome. And when it's a river of God, it's even better. So John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Now this is the story of Jesus talking uh, to the woman at the well. And you're probably familiar with this story. So Jesus is rolling through Samaria. Not a good place uh, for the Jewish man to be rolling through because they did not like Jewish people and the Jewish people did not like the Samaritans. But Jesus is rolling through there and he comes up to this well and he starts talking to this lady. You know the story. And he's like, listen here, could you get me a drink? And she's like, well, I don't even know why you're talking to me right now, but whatever. And so she's getting ready to get him a drink. And he starts this conversation. And here's what he says in John 4, verse 13. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, can you imagine if I had a bottled water right here this morning? Yeah, and I know you live in Barstow. You know what it means to be hot and thirsty. And I say, tell you what, if you drink this water, I can guarantee you, you will never be again for the rest of your life you'd be like yeah right i gotta drink eight gallons a day just to survive this place i you tell me i can drink a bottle and and the water that you're going to give me means that i will never be thirsty again that's mind-blowing but that's what jesus says to this lady he says you drink this if you the water that i give you You'll never be thirsty again. And notice she's drawing water out of this well right here. This is where they drank every day. And they had to go back day after day because, of, I mean, it's natural water. You're never fully satisfied. You always need more, right? We're, not, we're talking naturally speaking. You've got to have water every single day just to live. But Jesus isn't talking about natural water out of the well or the tap or the bottle. He's talking about living water out of heaven. Now, I know a lot of people that they're very thirsty for something in this life. They're searching everywhere. Maybe if I drink of some more money, that'll satisfy the thirst that's within me. Maybe if I get that right, that right guy, that, if I could finally get with this girl, I know that would just solve everything. No. People don't, people can't quench your thirst. And so here we go. All the time people are there. Like, if I had more money, if I had this, if I had that, I mean, I, then that would finally satisfy what's going on within me. But I'm telling you, they're always thirsty and it's never enough. Come on. Has anybody noticed that? It's never enough. Why? Because there is a thirst 
within the human being, the human soul, the spirit, that there's only one thing that can satisfy it. And that's living water. You're trying to solve a spiritual problem with money. How stupid is that? You're trying to solve a spiritual hunger and thirst with, with, with an, emotional, uh, an emotional solution. It doesn't work that way. You will be thirsty until the day that you die, until you take a drink of the living water. And I know so many people, but if, if, I could just, if I could just move, I know that would solve everything. If I could just get out of this place, and that's not the answer. Come on, listen to me. I know so many people. Man, if I could just get out of here, that would solve everything. I know. I just need to move and that would fix everything. That would finally, I'd be in the right place. I'd finally be good. Listen to me now. Listen very closely. Moving does not fix your problems. I know, I, I can't tell you how many people I know. Man, if I could just move, get out of this place, man. I, I know that fixed everything. No, it wouldn't. Because you're miserable, and you're going to take misery with you. You'll be miserable in L.A., New York, Dallas, Thailand, wherever the heck you go. You are going to be miserable if you, are, if you think that moving is going to fix the problem. That doesn't fix everything. Barstow's not the problem. You're the problem. And listen to me. Until you drink of living water, you are never going to be satisfied. You will always constantly be thinking, well, this didn't fix it. Maybe I'll try this. And you will never, ever be satisfied until you partake of living water. Has anybody in here ever had living water? About nine, ten people out of 200. That's good. That's cool, man. That's good. All right. The rest of you don't know what you're missing out on. It is fantastic. So uh, let me show you something that Jesus said here in John chapter 7, verse 37. Let's flip over there. Has anyone, have you ever been really thirsty? I mean, seriously, like, not just I could go use a drink of water. I'm talking about you've been to the place where I need to get a drink right now or it's, it's over with. I'm going to pass out. And, and listen, there's so many people that they are like that spiritually. They are just on their final moment spiritually. And, and, and there's a whole river available right here. But they are so miserable and thirsty and dry and, and, and about to just, I mean, and they, don't, and, and they don't even realize what they're missing out on. I remember one time uh, I went, where's Josh, my brother? Anyway, my brother's around here somewhere. Uh, we grew up in Indiana, but when I was living in Oklahoma, uh, he won four tickets to the Indy 500, the race, okay? And so, yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm not a, I'm not a race guy. I mean, I'm not that kind of redneck. I'm a different kind of redneck. I'm the, I'm the kind of redneck that doesn't like racing, but anyway. So he wins these four tickets, and I happen to have two friends that uh, I'm going to school with at Bible College that they're from Holland. And apparently, to them, over there, racing is like football or something is here. Like, going to the Indy 500 was the equivalent of getting Super Bowl tickets. I know. It's nuts. And so, and so I take them, but when you go there, it's actually the, the largest single-day sporting event in the world because it holds over 400,000 people at the track. It's a, it's a very big racetrack. And so we get there, and you're trying to get a parking spot, and, and people will let you park in their driveway, but they'll charge you like 20 bucks. So I park in this guy's driveway. He's like, I'll even drive you to the front of the track, man. And so he drops us off, but the thing was, I couldn't remember where his house was. And this was before smartphones. I had 
I, don't, I, I had no idea where we parked. And so we get out of the race, and it was a very hot day for Indianapolis. It was in the 90s, which doesn't sound like much, but it was, it was 100% humidity. So by the end of that race, uh, you know, that was several hours. We get out, and we're like, okay, let's go to the car. We have no idea where in the entire city of Indianapolis that car is. It's a large city, like a million people, and, and I have no idea where the car is. And so we spend hours walking miles and miles, and I have nothing to drink, and I am miserable, and I curse the day that racing was invented, and like, these stupid Europeans think racing's all that, well, it's not. And so, it was cool, but, but here we are, and I mean, I remember just being miserable and miserable, I was so sunburnt and thirsty and about to pass out, somehow, by the grace of God, we found the car, of course, because I'm here, I'm alive, so obviously we found the car, but I'm telling you, when I got a hold of some water, that was a nasty mess, man. I was dumping it and, and bathing in it and dumping it down. Everything I could to get water into the system because I was desperate. I was miserable. I needed water. And some of you in here today, spiritually speaking, you need some water right now. Because, I mean, you're this close from just boom. You are this close. The water is available because... The Lord said, I'm going to make rivers in the desert. I'm going, to, I'm, going to bring, I'm going to bring life to things that were dead. I'm going to resurrect the things that have been down. And so this morning, there is living water available to you. John 7, verse 37. Jesus, right here, is at this big festival. It's actually the Jewish harvest festival, the Feast of Tabernacles, or the, the Festival of Shelters. And they were celebrating the harvest. They were, and they were also celebrating the fact that the Lord brought them through 40 years in the wilderness. So they'd make little tabernacles and, and shelters to, uh, to commemorate the fact that the Lord had sheltered them for 40 years. So anyway, it's a big, big festival. Imagine Harvest Fest. You know, we got all these people. So on the last day, verse 37, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. Anyone who is thirsty, come to me. And I just imagine being at a festival or an event. You've got vendors. You've got guys selling Gatorade and Coke and soda. And so this guy, he st- somebody just stands up. If you're thirsty, come over here. I've got, I've got drinks. Thirst. If you're thirsty, come to me. And so he just, they're thinking, okay, he's selling drinks. Cool, let's go get something to drink. But he's not selling drinks. Look what he says here in verse 38. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So he said, come to me. If you're thirsty, I've got you. I I will offer you today rivers of living water that will come out of your heart. And so these people are like, "I I just wanted a Gatorade. What are you talking about, man? Living water? What is this? And so Jesus says, man, listen to me, the stuff that I can give you, you drink, you drink this, you will never be thirsty again. I am offering today something better than Gatorade, something better than Mountain Dew. I am offering you something better than anything you've ever had. This, my friends, is living water. You can't get it anywhere else. I've got it. And so I'm telling you today, that living water is is still available in 2018, and it's available to you. And listen, one drink, if you go to the well, if you go to the source of the living water, 
it will quench that thirst, finally. That thing that you've always thought, well, I just need this, I just need that. You don't need that anymore. You've had living water, and you'll never be thirsty again. You will never be thirsty again. And so, I want to show you the source of the living water. Because we all, you know, we could all sit in here and say, well, yeah, it comes from heaven. But I need to show you something very, very specific. Now, Let's look at the book of Revelation with me, book of Revelation, and check this out. John obviously wrote the book of John, henceforth the name John, but he also wrote this book of Revelation, and look at this. John had a vision, he had a revelation, and in this revelation he wrote the book of Revelation, imagine that. And so, anyway, here he is, and he has this vision of actually seeing heaven, seeing the new Jerusalem, and check this out, uh, this angel is basically giving him a guided tour, and, and I love Revelation 21 and 22, man, you should read it and get a glimpse of what heaven is like and the new Jerusalem, it's, uh, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. If you study about heaven for about five minutes, you'll decide, listen, I want to go there and I do not want to go to hell. Uh, but anyway, you, you, should, you, should, you should consider heaven every now and then and think about where it is you're actually going. But Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2, John says, Then the angel showed me a river with what? The water of life. Here's the source. The higher elevation, the higher ground, the higher place that this river of life flows from. And so the angel showed me a river with the water of life. It was clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And it flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Would you say that our nations need healed right now? We need some massive healing to take place in this nation and in every nation in this world. And it says right here, what's the answer to bring healing to the nations? The river of life. Because the river of life, it produces life and it produces these leaves that are medicine to heal the nations. And so I, all the time, man, there's debates every single day. I'll tell you what we get. We need more of this. We need less of that, and that would fix it. We could use a whole lot more of this and less of that, and blah, 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 and that would fix our problems. No, it wouldn't. Because everybody in this world is thirsty with a thirst that cannot be quenched outside of living water. And there's only one place to get it. You can't go buy this with money. You can't go find this. No, there's only one place to get living water, and it flows right out of the throne of God, right there, man. And it says, oh, that'll heal the nations. That'll solve the problems. That'll heal. But listen, so many people, they're trying to figure it out. Like, well, we need more. No, you don't. No man, no woman, no politician, nobody can fix this. The only answer to heal us to heal the nations, to heal our families, to heal our children, to heal everybody is the river of life, living water. And oh man, people are thirsty. They're passing out everywhere. But they need living water and it comes right out of the throne of God. And I can tell you this morning, I have found and I have drank of and I have jumped into the river of life 
And I don't regret it one bit. Not one second have I ever said, man, I wish I hadn't had any of that living water. That really screwed things up. I was having a whole lot of fun until I had living water. Man, every day I thank God for living water. I thank God for the river of life. I thank God that I'm not trying to find answers anywhere else than in the river. Amen? And so number two this morning, rivers bring life. Rivers bring life. When you see a water source, when you see flowing water, when you see rapidly moving water, I'm telling you, it brings life. I think about, you know, well, for instance, you know, we do live in the desert. Let's just get real. And so there's not a whole ton of wildlife around here. We have some. But I'm telling you, if you think there's a lot of wildlife here, you've never ventured to other parts of the country. There's a lot of wildlife where there is an above ground water source and it's plentiful. There is there is life everywhere. I took Jesse Garcia with me to Indiana two years ago, and I kept telling him, man, there are deer everywhere. They're a stinking nuisance. Because, you know, some of these guys are always wanting to see deer, and I'm like, listen to me. They're not cool. They're everywhere, and they're annoying. You're dodging them at night in your car. And I, I, I do not intend to, to belittle, but I've seen a lot of people that are hunters from the vicinity show me pictures of their deer, and I'm like, that's like the size of my schnauzer. That's not, that's tiny. I mean, I'm talking about massive white-tailed deer, bucks. I mean, massive all over the place. And, and so Jesse's like, yeah, right. They're not everywhere. I'm like, they're a nuisance and they're everywhere. And he's like, well, I, I want to see them. So I take them out there. I just pull up to a field in the middle of the night and shine my lights. And right there, there was 10 deer just jumping everywhere. We counted 10. And a fox. I don't know what the fox was doing out there. But anyway, so there's, there's just there's life everywhere. Why is that? Because there is something that can sustain them. There's water. And why don't we see massive deer running all through our desert and, and you know, all this stuff? Because there's not a good source of water above ground to sustain that type of, uh, of, of a life. And so rivers bring life everywhere they go. I want you to look at Psalm chapter 1. We're going to get somewhere this morning, and those of you that are just not excited, you're going to get excited by the end of the day. I promise you. We are going to get some excitement into you today. Psalm chapter 1, but rivers bring life. And notice that pretty much every major U.S. city, I don't know if you've put this together and done the math here, or or connected the dots here, but pretty much every city is built right next to a good body of water. Look at most of the major cities that are built right upon usually a river. And, uh, and there's a reason for that. Because when people went to settle the city, a few people were like, oh, here's a good spot. Well, next thing you know, rivers bring life. I mean, people start moving in and building a city right there, right? Because rivers bring life. People are attracted to rivers. They're attracted to the source of life. And, and, and they, they build their life upon it. And wouldn't it be great if we got just a few more of us to settle upon the river of life? It would attract people. I promise you that. They'd come and they'd, they'd want to build their life along the banks of the river of life too. Psalm 1, starting at verse 1, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Are you in here today and you're following the advice of the wicked? No wonder you have no joy. You follow the advice of the wicked. Man, I wouldn't take advice from a wicked person. I don't care if it's the smartest person in the world. They're wicked. They're not going to tell me about my money. They're going to tell me how to parent my kids. 
Some people are going to counselors and they're reading books by people that aren't even a Christian about how to be a parent? Are you kidding me? I'm just going to leave that right there because that was obviously did not go over well. But if you're looking to the wicked to learn how to parent your kids, best of luck, but I would not go to them. I'd, I'd go to anybody else other than a wicked person to tell me how to raise my kids or to save my marriage or anything else. Or do my finances. or Anyway, alright. So, oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. Why? But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And so, do you delight in the law of the Lord? Are you just saying that because you're in church and it's the right answer? Come on. Are you just saying that because I'm going to make fun of you? No. I'm talking about you delight in the law of the Lord. That's the word of God. You delight in it. And so just, just to be, let's get, who can handle us getting real for just a minute today? If you read your Bible once a month, you do not delight in the law of the Lord. If you only pick up your Bible on Sundays, you don't delight in the law of the Lord. If you only read it once a week, chances are you don't genuinely delight in the word of God, the law of the Lord. Somebody that delights in the law of the Lord they delight in it. They enjoy it. They read it every day. They read it typically several times a day. They think about it. They, they meditate on it. They, they, they speak it. They want to talk to other people about it. And if you're not doing that stuff, it's good to say amen, but you probably don't really delight in the law of the Lord. You, you think it's good. You believe it's true, but you don't really delight in it. Can I get a... All right, there we go. Okay. So they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. But check out what your life is like when you actually delight in the law of the Lord. It says they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Would you like to have a life like that? I want that life. I want to be planted right beside the river. I want my roots to go deep down into that living water. That is, that is what the Christian life should be. Planted right next to the river of life, next to the living water. And I'm telling you what, man, you can withstand anything. It says you prosper all the time. Now, have you ever been driving on the 15 down there going towards Victorville? Right around D Street. Have you ever seen a massive amount of trees? Yeah, because the Mojave River flows right under there. Now, you can't always see the river. Most of the time you can't. But there is a massive water source right underneath there. And there are thousands of trees that have somehow, they've, they're right there beside the river. And they do phenomenal. I've never seen somebody out there with a garden hose watering these trees. I've never seen the, you know, the irrigation guys out there. And I drive past their Four times a day, four times, five days a week, I drive over the Mojave River. And I'm telling you, I've never seen someone out there watering it. I've never seen somebody with a sprinkler or, or, or a miracle grow, none of that stuff. But, I mean, it's incredible. Those trees are doing phenomenal. They, in, the, in, the, in the fall time, their leaves turn pretty color. And the rest of the year right now, they're starting to, their, their leaves are starting to sprout up again. And, they're, and they're, they're doing absolutely great. Why is that? Because even though they are in the desert, where trees do not naturally do so well, they are planted right beside the river. And you may not see it, but they've got deep, deep, deep roots that are drawing life 
from an excellent water source and they do phenomenal and they don't need our help. They're doing it all. I mean, they're just planted right there. And I'm like, that's what I want to be like. I want to be like, it may seem dry all around me. It may seem like, like nothing's going on. But year after year, I'm doing great because my roots are right beside the river. And that's, that's what Jesus intends for us. But he wants it even better because look at verse 3 here. It says that these trees bear fruit each season. Now, hold on. I'm not a farmer. I'm, I'm not... I did grow up out in the country, though, and, and we had a lot of apple trees and pear trees, and I had woods, millions of trees, literally millions of trees around my house, and we had wild berries and honeysuckle. It was great, but I did notice that all these trees, they didn't grow fruit every season. There was always a downtime. When the winter came, I mean, and, and the fall, the things fell off. You had to pick the fruit or else it'd go bad. But they definitely, as well as they did, they did not bear fruit every season. But the Word of God says that if you will be planted beside the river, oh, you'll bear fruit every season. That's unheard of. That's not natural. Trees do not bear fruit every season. But if you will plant yourself next to the river of life, it says you'll be productive all the time. You don't have to have an off season. It says you will prosper in everything you do, bearing fruit every single season. And if you remember Revelation 22, we just read those trees. It said they grow new fruit each month. That's mind blowing. Can you imagine the same tree growing apples this month, but oranges the next month? It's like, what's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. Well, now, okay, it's March. It's going to grow. It's going to grow pears. Now it's going to grow pomegranates. Like, what in the world? But listen, if you are planted next to the river of life, you are not bound by this earth's circumstances. You are not bound by the way, well, this is how it has to be. No, it doesn't. I can bear fruit every season. I don't have to have a... I, I, I can prosper in everything. I, no, you can't. Nobody can. Well, if you're planted beside the river, you can. The river of life. Nobody can have that. Yes, they can. Either... God's lying or you're lying and you're lying. You're lying. You can prosper. You can bear fruit in every season. You can have an amazing, wonderful life. Man, why wouldn't you want it? Why would you not want to have this? I know so many people. Well, brother, I know it says that, but sometimes, brother, the answer is no. Shut up. It says all the promises of God are yes and amen. And so don't give me that. If you want, that's you do you. But I'm telling you right now, it says that I can be planted, planted beside the, the living waters and I can bear fruit. I can prosper in all I do. I can have joy in this life. I don't have to wait till the great beyond to get healed. I don't have to wait until the great beyond to finally find my peace. I can have it now. Jesus, when he prayed, said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you think, again, do you think there's depression in heaven? There's people that are just so full of anxiety and fear and torment in heaven? No, man, absolutely not. And so if Jesus is praying for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, I'm going to say, okay, I want the joy of the Lord. I want the peace that surpasses all understanding. I want to have the love of God within my heart. I want all this stuff. And if you don't want yours, then just send it over here. I'll take yours too. That's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. But listen to me. Quit fighting for your rights. 
to be depressed and miserable and to hold on to the baggage and bondage that you've dealt with. I know people that will straight up fight for their right to be miserable, but they won't fight for their healing. They won't fight for the peace that God promised. They won't fight for the blessing of God. But if you come up and say, God wants you to have the... They'll fight you over their right to be miserable. Why would you do that? We were praying one day, uh, Katie and I and one of our friends is a missionary. She's, this girl's incredible. She's a missionary to Iraq. Uh, but anyway, she lives over there in Iraq and she's, she's like this tall, but she's fiery. And so we were praying for people at this church in Indiana. People were getting healed. I mean, really great stuff happening. And so, and this one guy, uh, he, he, I knew him. He had diabetes and, and I mean, people everywhere were literally getting healed that day. And we're like, can we pray for you, man, that for, for God to heal you? Eh, no, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm good. I don't want... And this guy was a church member. What? You want that? Yeah, it's kind of my thing. Everyone knows. I, I, I've got it. And I just... It's, it's what I'm doing. I'm like, Are you serious? Why would you want to hold on to that stuff, man? Let go! I had cancer. I was a kid, but I didn't like it. I did not want to have it anymore. I was crippled. I literally could not walk a step without falling to the ground. And I didn't want that. I didn't look at it, man, this must be God's blessing for my life, to be crippled. I didn't ever think that it was a blessing. It was a stinking curse, and I hated it. And some people, well, maybe God gave me this to teach. No, he didn't. God uses the Holy Spirit to teach us. He uses the Word of God to teach us. He does not use depression and sickness and all that. That's, and if, and if, that's, if that's what it takes for you to learn, then let's help you out, brother. Let's help you out, sister. God has better than this for you. And what's better than all that? Living water. Say it with me. Living water. Who wants some living water today? I want to bear fruit every single season. I want to prosper in all I do. I don't need an off season. I'm not a football player. I'm not a basketball. I listen to me. I don't have to have an off season. I can be productive and useful and have a wonderful life year round every single day. And so number three this morning, you need to jump in the river to receive the blessing. You need to jump in the river to receive the blessing. And I know so many people, they're, they're, hanging out on the, they're hanging out on the banks there. They're like, man, that looks good. You guys look like you're so refreshed right now. You look, you look like you're having the time of your lives. And we are. We are. Make no mistake about it. We're having the time of our lives right now. But so many people, they're just hanging out on the edge like, ah, man, I wish I could have that. Listen, just jump in. Pretend you're a redneck for five minutes of your life. You see a body of water, you just jump into it, all right? Get in there. That's what God has for you today. Jump into the river. Quit hanging out on the banks. Quit hanging out watching everybody else receive the blessing of God. Just jump in. Well, my church never did that. Well, I'm sorry, man. That, I'm, I'm, I don't want to go there, but anyway. I, jump into the river this morning, man. Jump in. You see everybody else being blessed. Katie and I went to dinner last night. The, the kids over here were having play practice uh, for the Easter play, which is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be great. But we were like, hey, we have an hour without kids. What could we do? We could either sleep, which, which was choice number one, or we could go eat dinner together. So we went and got some dinner, and, and we're sitting there, and we're just like, we're amazed at what God is doing in our lives, in this church, in your lives. 
oh man, I got a young man tonight that's going to tell a testimony that's just, oh, it's, I'm not going to steal his testimony. I'm going to let him tell it tonight. But God is doing things in all of your lives, and we're just taken back like, my gosh, man, the Lord is good. We didn't do any of this. We, had, we didn't do this. This is God that is absolutely bringing a river in the desert. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm in the river throwing water in the air like these kids on this picture. Like I'm having the time of my life. But it's absolutely incredible to see people being blessed. So you need to jump into this river. Now, do me a favor. Use your imaginations for a minute. Who in here has lived in Barstow longer than one year? Very good. All right. Have you ever been here in August when it's like 120 degrees? And for some reason, the curse comes upon us and we get two or three days of humidity. Oh, yeah. Ah, I don't like that stuff, man. Because I don't have AC. I just got the cooler and it's basically rendered useless. So, I mean, we will drive up to the mountains for the day and just wait till nightfall and come back. Like, I don't But... So imagine with me that it's one of those 120 degree days and for some reason humidity has come in. We're all sweating and miserable and, and, and all this stuff. And imagine there's a beautiful river just flowing. I mean, the Mojave, whatever. A beautiful body of water is available with pure, clean water as clear as crystal. Revelation 22 said, and it's refreshing and perfect. And here you are about to die from the, from the heat. And you see people jumping and playing and splashing and kids smiling and laughing. And you're like, man, that looks good. Oh, gosh, I could use some of that. But you just stand there watching the rest of us cooling off, being refreshed, having the time of our life. And you're just standing there. Oh, I'm, I think I'm going to die, man. I don't know what to do right now. You don't know what to do? Jump in. Get in the river. What's wrong with you? Get in the river. Nothing is holding you back. Nobody said you can't get in. Join the rest of us, man. It's incredible. And I'm telling you, man, there is nothing better than when it's that hot, jumping right into some water. I go over to Robert and Susan's house and I just... Katie will tell you, because the water feels so much better when you're that miserable. I'll roll all the windows up and turn the AC off and I'll drive over there. So by the time I get there... I'm crawling to their pool, and I just fall in, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. I sink to the, oh, man, woo! That's good stuff right there. But that's, I mean, living water is so much better than that. So let me show you here in Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. We're getting somewhere. But I'm telling you, I am, I'm just not one of those guys that's going to watch everybody else having the time of their life and just sit there. I want a piece of the action. I want in on this stuff, man. I want to get in. So Acts 3, 19 through 20, and I mean, if you're one of those in here this morning, you just, you've been hanging out, but you haven't jumped in, uh, dude, today's your day. Get in the river. Get in the river, man. Acts 3, 19 through 20. Now this is Peter preaching, and uh, this is a great day, man. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, an incredible time. But check this out. Peter says something here uh, in his sermon that there's one little phrase that just absolutely gets me. So Acts chapter 3, and we're going to look here at verses 19 through 20. He said, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Who thinks that sounds like a pretty good idea? I Man, I need my sins wiped away. So yeah, I'm going to do that. But then verse 20, and then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. 
and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Who could use some times of refreshment? It's hot, man. This world, this society, it's throwing things at me. And it's trying to suck the life out of me. It's trying to dry me up every day. But he said right here, man, you repent, you turn away from all them. And listen to me, times of refreshment will come. Seasons of refreshing. And some of you, I can just tell by the look on your face this morning, you need a season of refreshing. Either that or you need a shower or something. But you need seasons of refreshing. It's all over you, man. Some of you are just smiling. you got the joy of the Lord. Others are like... Listen, you need... You, you're obvious, man. You're, you're easy to point out. You need a season of refreshing. You need to get in the river. You have not been in the river today. You need to get in the river. And so, I want to show you something here. My final passage is in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible. So you may just write it down or, or, or know where it's at, but you just listen up. Look at, the, look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I'm going to tell you what it's like when God restores you and resurrects you. And you get into that season of refreshing. You get into the river of life. You start, uh, you start delighting in the law of God. I'm going to show you what your life can be like. And some of you are like, oh, yeah, that, that perfectly describes my life. Good for you. But for the rest of you, check this out. Deuteronomy 30. And again, this is the Message Bible. So you may want to just look up here or listen. But here's what's going to happen if you dare to get in the river and jump in this morning. God, your God, will restore everything you've lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. Some of you, man, you have been scattered. You need the pieces. You can't even, you just need, you need somebody to pick up the pieces and put Humpty Dumpty back together again this morning. And so, that's you. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there. And bring you back to the land your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life. But I thought God wanted me to have a bad... No! God wants you to have a good life. And make you more numerous than your ancestors. God, your God, will cut away the thick calluses on your heart and on your children's hearts. Freeing you to love God, your God, with your whole heart and soul and live. Really live. And so sometimes like, yes, I've got everlasting life. No, man, stop. We're talking about really live. Because some of us, we're technically existing. You exist. I don't deny the fact that you exist. But you're not living like God has for you, man. I'm talking about God has an amazing, incredible life for you. And you're not tapping into that. You exist. You're technically alive. But you're not really living like God wants for you. And so it says, I'm going I'm to get the calluses off your heart, off your children's hearts, and you're going to live. You're going to really live. God, your God, will put all these curses on your enemies who hated you and were out to get you. Now, I'm going to leave that up to God. I'm not going to be the one to do the cursing, okay? Some of you are like, yeah, curse them, man. Curse my enemy. Just let God will deal with them, okay? You just, anyway. And you will make a new start listening obediently to God, keeping all his commandments that I'm commanding you today. God, your God, will outdo himself in making things go well for you. 
Who wants this stuff, man? Get in the river. God's going to outdo himself. You're like, well, I've seen what. No, God's going to outdo himself making things go good for you. You'll have babies. Get calves. Who wants some calves? Yeah, I'll take a cow. I can. Dude, beef ribs are delicious. Anyway, uh, get calves, grow crops, and enjoy an all-around good life. Yes, God will start enjoying you again. Making things go well for you just as he enjoyed doing it for your ancestors. And some of you, I mean, the Jewish people, they had deep roots. But some of you are like, man, I heard grandma talk about it. I heard, I heard daddy. I, 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 heard my, I heard my grandpa. Listen, God's got that and even better for you. If you'll jump in. And I'll, I'll verse 10, but only if you listen obediently to God, your God, and keep the commandments and regulations written in this book of Revelation, nothing half-hearted here. Did you get that? We're not talking about half-hearted Christianity, half-baked, need to jump back in the oven and finish cooking. We're talking about, for real, jumping into the river, born again, spirit-filled, not ashamed, bold, Christians. That's what we're talking about. Not half-hearted. You must return to God, your God, totally, heart and soul, holding nothing back. Because so many times, we're, we're there, 90%, but we're still holding on to this one thing, like, God, I give you my all! Except for this one, I'm just going to keep this to me, I'm going to hold this back, and that, that's not delighting in the law of the Lord, that's not jumping in the river, that's dipping your toes in, and that's cool, but that's a whole lot better to get in. And so I'm telling you this morning, quit holding back from God. Do you realize how much more God has than you have? No, I mean, for real, God has more resources. He has a lot more to lose, so to speak, than you do. He's got a lot more assets than you have, yet he held nothing back from you. So I'll give you my peace, my joy, my love. I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Uh, by my stripes, you can be healed. And, and he held nothing back. And yet, here you are with the holding back from him? That's not a fair deal. First of all, it's not fair anyway that the only perfect one died for all of us screwed up people. I mean, we definitely got the better end of this deal. And then he says, oh, you can have all my blessings. And you're saying, God, you can have all of me except for uh, like the tithe. Except for, I just want to keep doing this. I, I, I like to look at this. And, 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 and he said, I gave you everything. That's not fair. I gave you everything. I gave my only begotten son. I only had one. I gave my only son for you, and yet you can't give me this? We're all guilty. I'm guilty. I've held back. You've, we're all guilty. But think about how screwed up that is. That Jesus and everything that he has, God Almighty, everything he has to offer said, I'll, I'll give it all to you, man. I'll even give my only begotten son. And yet here we are. I'll, I'll live for you. I'll do anything you want. Except this, and God says, I want you to go pray for that guy. Eh, you know what? I, I'm not feeling that. I'm not picking up that vibe right now. You know what I mean? Shut up. Go do it, man. Quit holding back from the Almighty. Food for thought. Just when you go home today and you're eating your tacos, just meditate that, okay? But he says, holding nothing back. 
This commandment that I'm commanding you today is not too much for you. Some of us are like, that sounds really hard. That's not too much for you. It's not out of your reach. It's not on a high mountain. You don't have to get mountaineers to climb the peak and bring it down to your level and explain it before you can live it. So this is, this is not deep what we're talking about today. I'm just telling you right now, this is not the deepest sermon that I've ever preached. This is, it's not that deep. You do not need somebody to climb the mountain with God and bring it down and explain it. This is pretty self-explanatory. Jump in. This is not deep. But look at this next verse. And it's not across the ocean. You don't have to send sailors out to get it and bring it back and then explain it before you can live it. This is not rocket science. This isn't deep. God said, man, if you just give me all that you are, if you'll just jump in and not hold back from me, I will bless you like you have never even imagined it. I'll heal you, your children. I, I will bless you. Everything you set your hand. I will restore the things that you have lost. Some people in here have lost. You know what it means to suffer loss. Deep loss. And the Lord's saying, man, if you won't, if you'll just, if you'll let me have all access to your life, if you won't hold back, I won't hold back from you. I will go and pick up the pieces, no matter how far they have been scattered. I will go all over this world and pick up the pieces that you have lost, and I will make you whole again. But you've got to give me everything, man. You've you got you to quit playing around. You've got to really commit and jump in. And so, what I am challenging you with today is this. Don't be content to just sit there and watch everybody else get blessed and we're splashing in the water and we're refreshed and having the time of our lives. It's for you too. It's for you. And some of you, you're, you still haven't drank of the living water. So no wonder you're thirsty. You're all over the place. You're a mess. And I have something to offer you today. The, the, what I'm going to offer you, just as Jesus said, if you'll drink this stuff, you will never be thirsty again. It'll solve your issues, man. And so what I want to do this morning, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.